Chris. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Thanks for tapping in to KRWF 95.9 LPFM, Moorhead, Fargo. We nestled in the heart of downtown Fargo here. Thanks for joining us, RadioFreeFargo.org. We're streaming wherever you live in. Right before me, this is a beautiful Thursday here. Beautiful Thursday here in Fargo. Right before me was side stage with Trav, noon to 3. I get in here at 4 o'clock, 4.20. I open a big fat bag of cannabis news, and this Thursday's no stinking different. So stick around for that. We're going to get there as soon as we can. Again, thanks for checking me out here. KRWF 95.9 LPFM. We're an independent radio station. We take monies and we take underwriters to push this thing through. And again, what radio station is going to let you talk about the cannabis legalization and uh, forward movement in said uh, arena? So thank you, uh, KRWF, for letting me in here Thursdays. 4 o'clock, 420, open a big fat bag of cannabis news. And I is going to do that again this Thursday and next Thursday. So welcome. We're going to talk about cannabis again, 420. After me is Stinky Arts Music Mart. Locals on the 8, Radio Madness, and then Black Ring Ritual. Going to punch you in the face with some sort of black Swedish movie, music. I don't know, making stuff up. However, the New Life Center helps people who are homeless and hurting go from merely surviving to truly thriving. Their aim is to help people in need discover value and find hope. The New Life Center has evolved into a multifaceted emergency and crisis service center. To learn more about NLC, visit their website at www.fargonlc.org or give them a call at 701-235-4453. And like I always say every week, I believe cannabis was created by the almighty creator upstairs. And I show my respect to Antioch Church. I show my respect to him at Antioch Church, 10 a.m. Sunday mornings. And this Sunday, afterwards, we're going to get something to eat, and then we're all going to be down at Island Park doing some sort of, I don't know, praise in the park or whatever. So you want to get your God on, come on down to Island Park. Sundays, 3 to 5, I'll be there with my kind of lame-looking shirt. I mean, I don't look the best in gray, but that's what it is. But anyway, this show is brought to you by Black Cottage Alchemy. Black Cottage Alchemy on Facebook, Black Cottage Alchemy on the websites. You can go to Tochi Products, which is also nestled in the heart of downtown Fargo, directly behind me here in the studio. If you get to Holiday Gas Station downtown, just look north, my friend, and you'll find Tochi Products. Inside there, you'll have Black Cottage Alchemy products, uh, the uh, body butter, which is CBD, alpine hemp, uh, the three uh, seasonings that were brought to baby Jesus. This stuff's going to work for anything funky you got going on in your body. It'll maintain stuff. It'll take care of stretch marks. It'll take care of that stuff in between your toes, that weird thing in your nose. Word. Also inside there is the Indie Freedom of Cannabis Act petition. That thing's being circulated and getting signatures. If you'd like to get signatures, if you'd like to sign it, CannabisCaucus.com can find out where in your town there is a petition you can sign. IndieCannabisCaucus.com. You can also reach out. They'll tell you what you need to do. If you'd like to help, Orange Records downtown also has the petition. You can scurry in there, get you some vinyl, scratch it, buy some more, bring a buddy, and sign that petition again. Again, Orange Records, Tochi Products, both pushing the Indie for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition. 21 plus to possess, 12 plants free to consume and a licensed business. Well, everybody, thank you for joining me again. 420, I'll open a big fat bag of cannabis news and I got some stuff for you. Um, I got something wild. We can talk about Minnesota. Stinking Paul Gazelka's in the news. That's going to be fun to discuss. I also got music. Most of it's new. However, I got a little uh, Jerry Reed, 1965. So anyway, welcome. 
Thanks for checking this out. And we're going to jump into some music right now here. Cannabis, uh, Canatalk ND on YouTube. Uh, this will be out minus the music on Saturday. Uh, Canatalk ND on Facebook and Instagram. You can check me out. Here is Subterranean Homesick Blues done by Kyle's Hollingsworth, KRFF. That's right. You don't need a raincoat to know which way the wind blows. Subterranean Homesick Blues, my boy Kyle Hollingsworth, otherwise known as some guy in String Cheese Incident. I kind of liked it. So now we're listening to it. KRWF 95.9 Radio Free Fargo.org. That's what you're tapped into. Can I talk ND with Wilson? I'm Wilson. The content is cannabis and cannabis legalization. Uh, benefit, you know, educate yourself so you can educate others on the benefits of cannabis. And so thanks for uh, joining me here. Right before me was Side Stage with Trab Noon to 3. Right after me, Stinky Arts Music Mart, Locals on the 8, Radio Madness. And then and only then does the uh, black ring. Wait a minute. Yeah. Black ring ritual. Oh, man. Sorry, dudes. But anyway, they're at the end of this night, and they play metal. So check that out. And then Friday, there's stuff, too. So always just keep your dial here locked on the uh, coolest independent radio station you're going to find and in the world if you listen to RadioFreeFargo.org. Again, thanks for coming on and listening to me blather about uh, the important things, and that's cannabis legalization. Uh Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act in North Dakota is circulating a petition. You can go to Orange Records. You can go to Tochi Products. And while you're in Tochi Products, you can pick up Black Cottage Alchemy, my sponsor's products that's in there. And again, they're good stuff. It's locally done. And it's jam-packed full of the stuff you need to put on your body. And again, it's a beautiful, stinking day here in Fargo. I just want to kind of go outside and hug it. You know, it's so nice. And again, people say, well, don't like fall too much because you know it's coming. But again, I don't have a car. I live downtown. I know what's coming. Do I get a car? No. I just buy a couple extra pairs of socks. Do I stop walking in the winter? No. So if I can handle my winters without a vehicle, then quite honestly, without that hassle, uh, the winter's pretty easy. Because it's all fun and games, so you're running a little late. You trip over the mat. You pour a coffee on your hand, and you try, and you're like, ow, ow, ow. You try to open the door handle of your car, and it breaks right off. Then where are you? You got a burn hand and a door handle in the other. But not me. I walk by you. I say, morning, Mrs. H. And I walk six blocks to work like a pimp. So anyway, fall's my favorite season, I think. The bugs start to die. The sky is nice and cool. But, you know, I digress. Can I talk indeed with Wilson? Every Thursday, 420, we're going to open a big fat bag of cannabis news. Now this is the segment where I tell you, you're all just on the edge of your seat going, where is he with his kratom? Kicking. And again, it's not a joke, but I noticed today. Plus, I don't know if I told you yesterday. Well, let me get you, let me get you up to speed if you haven't been listening. All right. So I've I've been a drug addict for, you know, started with uh, I suppose sugars, then went to caffeines, then I went from you know to booze and you know cigarettes. Then I remember getting a little taste of this Sacramento crank, and then I was off to the races in probably '92. And from then on, that's kind of been my lifestyle. Uh, however, most of the years my daughter was, you know, I was raising her. I was on a pretty, you know, a controlled regimen of Adderall, which, which really helped me out. And I could imagine it could continue to help me out, except I got this stupid addiction problem. So it's really hard to take something that helps when I want to take more than I'm supposed to. And that's kind of the conundrum I found myself in. So three years ago, I stopped that, you know, 20-some year addiction. And then I went to Kratom thinking I would just use it to replace it and then stop it. And then three years later, I got this crazy stinking tolerance. 
and crazy addiction to this Kratom. So Saturday will be a whole month since I've started to remove it from my life. Took me two weeks to kind of reduce 60 plus grams a day down to 14. And then I'm on day 12 as we speak. Feel pretty good. Like I said, I, I've been taking these cold showers and I don't know if you all have taken cold showers before, but it's intense. And I've noticed my discovery as, as my recovery goes along that the less I want to take a cold shower, the better I am in my headspace. Because taking a cold shower takes a lot of test of will. The casual, especially in the morning, like Sunday mornings, you got your floors cold, you're cold, you jump in that shower knowing you're going to turn it on to ice cold, yo, it is, it is a mental struggle. But what I do is I stay in there, you know, I lather up, and then I stay in there till I regulate my breathing. So, because you, you get in there first, you're like, ooh, ah, ee, 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 you're like, oh man, it takes your breath away. But if you can control it and you're under there like, nah, it's all good, it's cool, come on in with me, right? Once you get to that state, it really does help uh, increase endorphins. You know, just general uh, well-being. It uh, recirculates your, you know, the oxygen in your blood. But again, it ain't cool, really. I mean, it feels good, but it, you don't just do it. And so I've noticed the better I feel now, almost two weeks clean. And I probably sound better if I went back and listened to those last two Thursdays. Actually, last four Thursdays. I don't know. However, I felt like I did but some of my better work struggling in my head. But anyway, I talk about cannabis, but... You know, this is a segment because I don't really have anything else to talk about, about accountability and uh, just sharing that, in fact, you know, Kratom shouldn't be used as a lifestyle, I would say, especially if you have addictive personalities, because it does stimulate your opioid receptors. And the more you take, the more like, because again, if you blindfolded me and you gave my brain Adderall or Kratom and you blindfolded my brain, I don't know that I could have told, you know, been able to tell the difference. So now it is a natural and a free substance, you know, a legal substance. But if your brain can't tell, well, then you must be working those same things that made you want to not whatever. So I, uh, I want to get back into the music. Here's guitar man, Jerry Reed, KRFF. We'll be back. And I'm back like fog on the glass. First off, that was guitar man, Jerry Reed, 1967. Wrapping that up. Nearly lost you, Screaming Trees, 1992. What a beautiful year. You're, uh, you're locked in to KRWF 95.9, RadioFreeFargo.org. It's a beautiful day here in the heart of downtown Fargo. I hope your Thursday's going as groovy as it is for me. We're going to talk about cannabis in a positive light in mere seconds. I appreciate you all for uh, tuning in. We're going to talk about it. But like I said, uh, yeah, this past couple of weeks been struggling. But here we go. Kind of talking David Wilson on the other side of this little jammy. RadioFreeFargo.org. Yo, it's Wilson from Canatalk ND. You know, the super awesome show you're getting ready to listen to. I think you should go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll wait. Okay, enjoy the show. And because I'm feeling punctual today, it's 420. Thanks for joining me on Radio Free Fargo. KRFF 95.9. Thanks, buddy. I see you there. Uh, you're wearing the same tank top. That's all right. As long as you're here to listen to cannabis and cannabis legalization stuff, because that's what we're going to bring you, and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to get this started off on a bang, but first, I think I need to say that Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act in the state of North Dakota, that's where you're listening from. You need to go to wherever you are in the in the state, IndyCannabisCaucus.com. Find out where there's a spot in your town. Go and sign. Bring your cousin. Bring your uncle. Whatever. 21 plus to possess. 12 plants. Licensed business. It's the only thing happening. If you want to see cannabis legalized, 
you know, because again, I mean, the next legislative session, I mean, I would speculate it go just as horribly as the last one did. South Dakota still waiting on uh, the three of the five judges to decide if the uh, recreational measure that the people voted on 54 percent has violated a single subject rule. I've kind of given up on that, and I think the people pushing cannabis in South Dakota has also done so. Um, they have several measures they're going to, uh, that they've finalized. They're going to just, you know, again, it's it's really crazy. And, and in New Jersey, it's the same thing, man. They're, the people voted, but the people that are in charge didn't vote. So it's like, well, you can get 74% of the people to vote, but if 10 of those idiots in charge don't want it, it doesn't seem to matter. So, you know, viva la resistance. You know what I'm saying? Kind of talking D with Wilson. We can talk about cannabis here. First up, cannabis moment. Maine cannabis sales broke another record in August, exceeding 10 million for first time. Maine recreational cannabis sales broke another record in August, exceeding 10 million for the first time since the adult use market launched in October 2020. I just do want to mention for those that are listening for the first time, please raise your right hand in the air and say, I do solemnly swear to never call cannabis weed, marijuana, or dope. So help you God. Okay, you're in the club. The state's Office of Cannabis Policy reported that the state's 53 adult-use cannabis shops brought in about $10.2 million. 53 adult-use cannabis shops. That I mean, does that sound like a lot? That doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, Maine. I mean, the word Maine is small, but I mean, how small is Maine? I mean, I don't know. But anyway, they brought in about $10.2 million in cannabis purchases last month, and that translated into about a million dollars in tax revenue, which, man, oh, man, that sounds like a lot of stinking tax dollars, doesn't it? $10 million, $1 million. What is that? Is that 10%? I don't know. Seems like more, but, you know, I stopped paying attention in uh, pre-algebra. And then I dropped out of, high, you know, college or high school because it was too hard. Of course, I was pretty stinking awesome in college. I got a degree, so thank you very much. By comparison, Maine cannabis sales for rec consumers amounted to just $1.1 million during the first month of retail sales less than a year ago. So they're, what, they're up a million each month. The record has been broken each subsequent month. While August proved to be a record-breaking month for sales with 133,969 sales transactions, it's only slightly higher to July when the state saw about $9.4 million in adult-use purchases. So that's uh, what you got there. So according to the Portland Press-Herald, and that's not Oregon, that's Maine, have credited summer tourism for the sales spike. I don't. I just think there's, been, there's ones that are a little scaredy-scared, so they kind of just keep using, you know, Bob down the street. Until they realize that there's a lot more stuff in that store than Bob has. And it's not as bad as as they thought. And it's right next to Target. It's got a caribou coffee across the street. You know what I mean? Bob don't have coffee. He does, but, you know, the creamer's always expired. And then Bob was always looking at you with that kind of, you know what I mean? That thirsty eye. Hey, nice skirt. That doesn't happen in dispensaries. You don't have to worry about, you know going to the bathroom and the guy locks the door you don't know and all of a sudden he gets weird you try to leave he's locked the door and you're in the bathroom and those are all you know valid kind of scary things that can happen to somebody who has to go into some guy's house to get his get their medicine him or her he or she them or they but anyway let's talk about stinking this i'm going to set this up first it's from valley news live Gazelka, Paul Gazelka, he enters Minnesota governor's race, attacks waltz on pandemic. Now, if you know who Gazelka is, Paul Gazelka, he was the Senate majority leader in Minnesota. 
Okay, so last last year, last legislative session, majority leader in the House, Winkler, he submitted a super, super awesome cannabis legalization measure. It took account for, you know, social equities, racial disparity, it, uh, small business, you know, you could grow. It's, it's a beautiful measure. All right. SF 600, I think it's called. And it made it through the House. The House passed it. And normal, true to form, it should have went to the Senate and it would be voted on. But guess what? I don't know. Is Maybe calling him a prick is too harsh. But this idiot, maybe the idiot's too harsh. But this dummy, maybe that's too harsh. Paul Gazelka, he stopped it. He goes, we ain't doing it. We're not doing it. It's stupid. You're stupid. We're not touching this. They, so he, because he was the majority leader, he was able to kick it, you know, kick it out the window. And boom, that ended the progress of that legalization measure. Primarily, but specifically because this Paul Gazelka, who's now trying to run for the governor, was the cog in the wheel. He literally is the reason Minnesota doesn't have cannabis legalization as we speak. Paul is. So remember that when it comes time to voting. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to vote him in. You want to make sure Walt stays in. I mean, sadly, right? I'm not into politics. I pay attention to the man upstairs. He tells me who to listen to. Okay, not entirely, but you know what I'm saying. Everybody that says, you know, Walt is horrible, he is for canvas legalization. So he stays the governor because here's what happened. Paul Gazelka had to resign as the majority leader of the Senate to run for the governor's race. Now, for any of you who are smart enough to figure that out, it means the cog in the wheel is no longer the cog. And he could be nothing. If he doesn't win, he's nothing. But he certainly won't be able to stop cannabis legalization in the state of Minnesota in the Senate. Because that was where he really choked this measure out. He is the reason. Now, again, if he gets voted as a governor and then the Senate passes it, he'll say no. So he really doesn't need to be voted in. He, he needs to be celebrated for stepping down as the Senate majority leader. Because now legalization can move forward granted he doesn't become the governor and people petition you know they they went out and picketed this idiot again you know i'm i'm all in jest this is a radio show i mean you don't become the senator if you're an idiot i mean i don't know i guess not i mean i'm pretty smart i'll never be the senator so you know maybe you have to be an idiot again i'm getting off track here but my point is is this is a is a nice move because what, what prevented it from going forward was this guy. And now this guy is no longer in the Senate when we come forward at the legislative session. They're going to reintroduce it, of course. There'll be a special session. And thankful, you know, hopefully, you know, Minnesota will have a better year. So now that brings me to Cannabis Moment. Minnesota lawmakers poll shows growing support for cannabis legalization. So a bill to legalize cannabis in Minnesota might have died in the legislature this session, thanks to Paul Gazelka. I added that. But a newly released poll conducted by lawmakers shows voters are increasingly ready for the reform, which everybody knew that. It was just Paul Gazelka wasn't the majority. They didn't poll him. 58% of respondents for the 2021 House of Rep State Fair poll said they favor legalizing cannabis for adult use. That's a modest increase compared to the chamber's 2019 at 56. What? 2%? You call that? A, well, you're an idiot. All right. That seems to be my new catchphrase. While the poll is non-scientific, 
in that it didn't use random sampling and didn't have a very large sample size of about 5,200 state fair attendees. And of the 12 questions on Pharisee policies, now I will say, like being raised Pentecostal, we didn't believe in fairs. So I'm not saying conservatives don't believe in fairs, but I would say there would be more something there, you know. So, you know, maybe that, you know, reduces some of these attendees. But anyway, the Democratic-led House of Rep approved a bill to legalize adult-use cannabis in the state this year. The state did not conduct its own state fair survey, but the chamber similarly found that a majority of constituents back legalization. House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler, sponsor of the legislation, legalization, said in June that he felt cannabis reform could be taken up during a special session, but that did not come to fruition before it ended in July. Now, while advocates were hopeful about the possibility that further cannabis policy changes could be accomplished in a special session, they also recognized that Senator, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka could be an obstacle, and he was, as he consistently been opposed to broad reform. But for the coming regular session, one interesting development is that Gazelka recently announced that he's resigning as leader while he considers a run for governor. And so activists will be closely following to see if a more reform friendly GOP replacement is selected for the position. And I certainly hope so. Winkler's House passed legislation uh, as introduced was identical to a proposal he filed last year with some minor technical changes, which I'm curious what that is. Um, they called it the best legalization bill in the country at the time. It did not advance in that prior session because of stinking Paul Gazelka. Governor Tim Waltz, who signed legislation in May that will allow patients to access smokable cannabis products, previously called on lawmakers to pursue the reform as a means to boost the economy and promote racial justice. He did not include a request to legalize though through this budget proposal, however. And again, I don't know what that means. You know, but I do know that Nebraska activists submits two medical cannabis initiatives for 2022. And my prayers and thoughts go out to those guys. They've been working so hard. And again, they just keep getting hit by the, the very small people in charge. So they announced on Wednesday that they have turned in a pair of complimentary initiatives to legalize medical cannabis that they hope to place on the state's 2022 ballot. The advocacy group Nebraskans for Medical Cannabis says it expects the Secretary of State's office to sign off on the language of the measures by a certain time. So, let me see when that is. They will have until July 7th, 2022 to turn in enough valid signatures. Uh, they need 250,000 signatures, whoa, required to qualify each of the initiatives. Each of the initiatives. Oh, so maybe they need 125 apiece. Again, I'm not good at math, but I'm really good at dancing. And if you've heard me sing, it comes second to my dancing. Kind of talking D with Wilson every Thursday here on Radio Free Fargo, KRWF 95.9. We talk about cannabis in a positive light, promptly at 420, sometimes 421. Uh, in some occasions, 423 and 424, but never 419. So I'm never early to 420, but sometimes I'm late on the bus. Welcome. Beautiful day here in Fargo. We're talking about cannabis legalization. And I'm going to keep doing it. So we just talked about Nebraska and Minnesota. Now, you guys... Probably check out Valley News Live. And there's something pretty wild about this lady, Miss Brewington. She was arrested at the uh, sheriff's office, closed out a month-long investigation. Uh, it's kind of funny that uh, Valley News Live has posted this because she's giving the bird, you know, she's giving the double birdie. But then they have emojis over, which, I mean, you can still see the stinking finger. I mean, what? what, what? I mean, it's like, it's like if, if you're nude and they put the emoji on your face. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. But anyway, uh, shout out to this lady, Miss Brewington. She kind of looks like Mr. Brewington. But again, I don't judge. A woman in Tennessee told officers there was maybe an ounce of cannabis on her farm. 
But it turns out Mrs. Brewington may have downplayed the amount just a bit. According to the 15th Drug Task Force of Tennessee, otherwise known as people who shouldn't be doing it. And come on, Tennessee. I mean, you guys, get a hold of yourself. And what's kind of funny about Tennessee is when I think of Tennessee, I think of a bunch of alcoholics. You know, I think about like Tennessee whiskey. Have you heard of the song? I have not I hate country. Just kidding. I don't want to play Jerry Reed. But anyway, Tennessee whiskey. It's not Tennessee cannabis. You know, Tennessee hemp, which is an, is an alternative country song, which is actually pretty good. And it has, you know, this other girl singing backup vocals. Tennessee hemp is, is, I mean, as good as Tennessee whiskey by that other guy. But anyway, when these guys recovered over 20 pounds of cannabis and 40 plants from the property... Authorities said they searched a residence nearby and recovered more growing and processed cannabis. Well, I wonder what they were doing next door. I mean, why were they searching next door? That seems kind of wild. The woman who's referred to as Miss Brewington on social media, which is kind of hilarious, um, and I know having like the Indie for Freedom of Cannabis uh, website, having the Canatalk Indie uh, Facebook page, I'll get weird messages like, hey, my name is Bob. I just moved from Grand Forest. Can you help me out with a little loud? It's like, what? No way, officer. And besides, I'm here to change the law, not break the law. And, I mean, I remember as a kid, I mean, you'd be walking down the street, some guy would be like, yo, bro, you got a little bud? I mean, what do I, what do I look like to you? The free bud guy to the random dude? Who says, yeah, sure, meet me in my apartment, stranger? I mean, I, I could never figure that out. Now, I am also a proponent, as you'll never know if you don't ask. But it always seemed like a weird thing to openly propose to somebody who doesn't know you while it's, you know, notably illegal. So, I don't know, this Ms. Brewington, I mean, is this how the investigation started? She's posting pictures, you know, with emojis over her face and, you know, 40 plants, you know, dressed up with, you know, dressed up. But anyway, uh, the 15th Drug Task Force of Tennessee posted her mugshot on Facebook and added smiley faces over the gestures she made. Actually, they added smiley faces over some of the finger of the gesture she made, you know? I mean, if, if you couldn't tell with the finger that's two inches above the smiley that it was the middle finger and there was two middle fingers and it was a mugshot, probably the coolest mugshot I've ever seen. However, Busey's mugshot probably takes the cake. You guys know what I'm saying, right? With that Panama shirt, barely buttoned. He had his hair, looked like somebody, you know, jammed his finger in a light socket. So anyway, the internet has mixed reactions to the mugshot. Some saying she has no respect for authorities while others are calling her a hero, which is kind of an oxymoron because the authorities shouldn't have any say over private property in my head. Being as that said, you know, it should be legal. So, and then I've got this quick thing I'm going to read you. All right, this quick thing I'm going to read you. During the temperance movement of the 1890s, cannabis was commonly recommended as a substitute for alcohol. The reason for this was that the use of cannabis did not lead to domestic violence while alcohol abuse did. This is 1890s, became illegal in 1939. So 40 years prior, they were using it as a substitute for alcohol, which did not lead to domestic violence while alcohol, which is legal now, does. Now wrap your brain around that and then try to tell me cannabis is bad. No, there was an agenda. And if you don't think there's an agenda happening in our world now, well, you're on the crack. And the bad crack, not the good crack, the horrible crack. You know, the twitchy crack. So, 
Again, shout out Miss Brewington for keeping it real and keeping Tennessee, Tennessee. But anyway, like I said, I mean, the perfect example is Miss Brewington, which has got the word brew in it. So she should have been able to be, it should have been Miss Jack Daniels Brewington is what it should have been. But anyway, let's talk about Panama. Panama approves medical cannabis law. Is Costa Rica next? I don't know. Swayed by advocates. Slogan of four a day without pain. The National Assembly of Panama voted on August 30th to legalize cannabis medically. The bill now awaits the signature of President Laurentino Cortizo of the center-left Democratic Revolutionary Party, otherwise known as PRD, which is expected shortly despite a pressure campaign from the conservative political opposition. And again, conservatives, man, what's your problem with it? You know, I mean, there was conservatives back in the day in 1890. The conservatives were probably the ones that said, hey, let's just use, you know, let's give them that nonviolent stuff. Right. Because how could how could conservatives be for alcohol and not something that was in a better alternative? Again, I just don't think I don't think cannabis was demonized in that time. I don't think conservatives are non-conservative. I think there wasn't really a whole lot of conservative, non-conservative. I think there was just all God-fearing, honest people for the most part. Of course, there's been evil since the beginning. Or, you know, craziness, you know, like, let's go to church. This guy's like, oh, let's just burn foxtails and, you know, you know, shoot arrows through the cows. Whoa, that's pretty liberal thinking, brother. But otherwise... Conservatives are not, you know, not appeased. They want tight control. Medical cannabis measures have been pending in Panama's unicameral National Assembly since 2017. Also critical was the testimony of Dr. Sandro Carrillo, a professor with the University of Panama Medical School and the country's foremost medical cannabis specialist. In an interview outside the National Assembly chambers, Carrillo said this law will improve the quality of life for patients. Some epilepsy patients are taking two or three meds. They still don't work. And now I might say the two or three meds are pushed by the pharmaceutical companies, a.k.a. WHO, and all of those FDA losers. Medical cannabis provides an alternative that can relieve their pain and suffering and that of their families. There are many Panamanians, Panamanians, Panamanian, Momanian, banana, nana, fofanian, me, my, Momanian, Panamanians, suffering from conditions that our other medicines have not been able to alleviate. This year, National Assembly President Crispiano Adames, otherwise known as PRD, through his support behind the final version, it calls for establishment of a cannabis technical council, which I think we should all have them, with two representatives from patient groups to oversee the program. Domestic production is to take place under tight control with surveillance systems and other security measures. That sounds ominous. Pharmacies vending cannabis products will also have to apply for a permit and pass a site inspection. There is no provision for home cultivation. Nonetheless, the law was opposed by Panama's pharmaceutical industry, of course. While media accounts are stating that the law 153 passed unanimously because there were 44 votes in favor, uh, this is not quite accurate. There are 71 seats in the National Assembly, and the discrepancy of 27 votes seem to be due either to abstentions or lawmakers barred from the chamber because they were infected with COVID-19. Lawmaker Man Korea of the conservative Cambio Democratico recently tested positive for the coronavirus, tweeted angrily after the approval of Law 153. They didn't allow me to vote virtually, and my vote was no. I do not agree with the growing of cannabis. Warning of insecurity and high criminality, she has called upon President Cortizo to veto the bill. So activists in Costa Rica, of course, looking hopefully to example next door in Panama. For the past year's advocacy groups has been pushing for a cannabis program for Ticos, as Costa Ricans call themselves. This year, a bill was introduced in the Unicarmel Legislative Assembly, 
an agronomist by training. She's pushing both medical and industrial hemp. And I wanted to bring up, because I remembered it, there's going to be a huge hemp processing plant in Indiana. And they're going to utilize the hemp that's grown in Kentucky and Tennessee and I think one other one. So that's good news. Let's see. People couldn't be denied cannabis license based on moral character or cannabis convictions under new Michigan law. Let me see what else we got to read for him. He's going to ramble off some stuff here until we wrap this up. Can I talk to you with Wilson every Thursday, 420. We start to open a big fat bag of cannabis news and the zippers about zipped up on this one. I'll be back next Thursday here on Radio Free Fargo, KRWF. Can I talk to you with Wilson? Stinky Arts Music Mart after me. Radio Madness, Black Ring Ritual, Locals on the 8th, that's your Thursday, and we appreciate you listening to us. Anyway, Massachusetts, cannabis sales top $2 billion, which I talked about that last week. Minnesota lawmakers begin 2022 cannabis referendum process. I uh, Again, South Dakota, I don't know, it's a sad state affairs there. Minnesota, though, they got uh, they got some momentum again. Paul Gazelka was the reason that that SF 600, the best legalization bill that I've ever seen. Most people agree. So that's really awesome news that he is stepping down. But it's kind of bad because he's running for governor, because if he takes Tim Walt's job and it's hard to say, you know, is Minnesota blue or red? I don't know, you know, because Walt's. I don't know. Has he wore out his welcome? I don't know. I would. uh I would argue maybe not. So hopefully he'll, you know, he would stay governor strategically or maybe a libertarian would get in there who obviously would sign it, I believe. Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act, that's what's happening in North Dakota. Get out and get uh, get the petition signed. You can go here at Orange Records. You can go to Toji Products. You can go to IndyCannabisCaucus.com and find out where in town you got a place you can go and sign. And if you're feeling froggy, why don't you get outside with a petition and get those signatures happening. Can you dig it? So, what else do we got here? Wyoming activists, they jumpstart signature gathering for 2022. Maryland lawmakers take first step toward putting cannabis legalization on 2022 ballot. Working group tasked with studying it and preparing a legalization referendum that the speaker wants to put on next year's ballot. That's kind of interesting. I, did, I figured Maryland was groovy. So... Federal courts in two U.S. territories hosting event on cannabis legalization, tourism impact. I didn't realize that would be happening. Uh, Bernie Sanders touts progress on legalizing cannabis and ending the drug war. I'm just reading headlines here for fun. You're listening to KRWF 95.9, the coolest radio station in Fargo. You can stream it, RadioFreeFargo.org. We won't, we'll let you. You can, uh, you can have anybody you want listening to it. We appreciate your ear and time and this is how we do it this hour programming on krwf 95.9 lpfm is being underwritten by carmine and hayworth carmine and hayworth offers vintage clothing and novelty items for those who love the thrill of all things different they're not just a vintage shop but a community and experience carmine and hayworth is located at 616 main avenue in fargo find them on facebook and instagram or visit their website at carmineandhayworth.com again thanks for listening to this episode or day or show of Canada Talking D with Wilson. I'm Wilson. We talked about cannabis in a positive light for the last 20 odd minutes. And next Thursday, I'll come in and do the same. 
We're up to that musical break. We got John Schofield here. He's going to do Ray Charles. I'm going to let him. I don't need no doctor. KRFF. Clap, 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 clap. I don't need no doctor. Featuring John Mayer, John Schofield. That's what I say. 25, 2005. Radio Free Fargo. KRWF 95.9. Kind of talking to you with Wilson. We talk about cannabis in a positive light. I'll still talk about cannabis a little bit, but we on the downhill slide of this thing. I'm going to wrap stuff up. This show is brought to you by Black Cottage Alchemy. Black Cottage Alchemy on Facebook. Black Cottage Alchemy does a variety of products, colloidal, colloidal silver and the like. Most notably, the uh, body butter has uh, alpine hemp, CBD, a bunch of herbs. Stuff is great on your body. Everybody should keep it in their medicine cabinet or in the glove box. If you live in your car in a Walmart parking lot, you can go outside here. Tochi Products downtown here in the heart of beautiful Fargo and sign the Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act. While you're in there picking up some Black Cottage Alchemy products, supporting my sponsor. And we thank them for sponsoring Can I Talk Indy with Wilson on Radio Free Fargo. KRWF 95.9, Moorhead Fargo, uh, streaming anywhere, wherever, RadioFreeFargo.org. That's where you can donate. If there's merch, you can pick it up on that place. Underwriting, email somebody. That should be available on the RadioFreeFargo.org webpage. If you'd like to hear, you know, me read something like the Carmine and Hayworth underwriter. And we appreciate all of that because for that, we get to do what we do. And add, and, and no matter how down in the dumps I am from... You know, not having elevated dopamine because I'm not on drugs. This is still a good time for me. And I hope it's a good time for you. But educate yourself so you can educate others on the benefits of cannabis. I'll be back next Thursday. Up next is Stinky Arts Music Mart, I think. However, I've said it the last two weeks and uh, that didn't happen. So if it isn't the case, then it ain't the case. But usually, Stinky Arts Music Mart directly after me. Right before me is side stage with Trav, noon to three. He always does a bang-up job, and I uh, appreciate being after him. I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's a little stressful because he does such a good job. But I don't really care what people think about me per much, per much, per se. So, you know, I mean, the older I get, the less intimidated I can be, which I think is a benefit. Because I used to have to do drugs to lose my, you know, my intimidation. And now I just don't care. You know, maybe I'm bored with the world. You know, maybe I'm just a little bit taller. Maybe if I had a dollar, you know what I'd do. But anyway, I'll be back next Thursday. I'm going to, uh, you know, jump out of here. But again, every Thursday I come in right after side stage with trap. Talk about cannabis in a positive light. I covered Minnesota. looks like the guy that kept the legalization in Minnesota from happening last session has now given up his position. So he's no longer in that power play to keep cannabis legalization from happening in Minnesota. South Dakota still at a stall. Who knows? Uh, the medical uh, cannabis that had been pushed, I am 26, that's getting some weird work up by the legislators. They don't want home grow. They don't want it anywhere near town, you know. You can get a liquor store anywhere near a subway, near a, a church, but not a medicine, you know, not something that will help you and make you better. We're going to put you out in the industrial park with no parking, you know, which I can never understand. And it's got to be a mentality. And that's that's why I'm telling you that propaganda can really be damaging when you constantly repeat this narrative. And then after a while, 1939 turns into 2021 and we're still calling it like devil's lettuce marijuana weed and dope and pot and it's not it's cannabis sativa 
It was around for a lot way, I would say way before major sinning was happening, you know, where they attribute it to the evil sinners or a race. It was used by everybody. I, I think it went across the board. You know, I would even argue that, say, maybe a minister might, you know, put a little cannabis oil on his finger to anoint you. Because maybe olive oil wasn't as prevalent. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to jump out of here. You were listening to Canada Talk and D with Wilson. I'm Wilson. You've been listening to it on KRWF 95.9 LPFM here in the beautiful double towns of Moorhead, Fargo, Fargo, Moorhead, however you wish to call it, FM area. And I appreciate you listening. I hope you'll come on back next Thursday. Until then, keep your dial locked on 95.9. Enjoy this beautiful day because who knows how many more we'll get. Word on the streets, the western part of North Dakota is going to be 92 on Saturday. Yikes. Anyway, it's cool as a cucumber here in Fargo. I love Fargo. Fargo loves me, I heard. And I love you guys. Come on back next Thursday. We'll talk about cannabis in a positive light. Educate yourself so you can educate others on the benefits of cannabis. And keep in mind that me and my church people are going to be at Island Park, praising the park, Sundays, 3 to 5. Find us in the gray shirts that make me look pale. Whatever. You want to talk about God or whatever you want to talk about. Maybe you want to talk about Kratom. I'll be down in the park, Island Park, Sunday, 3 to 5. Till then, I'm going to keep pushing cannabis because I believe it was created for our benefit. And until, you know, I hear something different, that's what I'm going to do. Here's David Allen. Judgment Day. Peace.